And we're back after another week, two week? I guess it's a two week hiatus, right? It's been two weeks since we put out an episode. So uh, welcome back, Brady Stiff and Kelsey Lachlan Owen with another week off. A crazy work week for him, Kelsey. That's why he's uh, not going to join us tonight. Um, uh, We're traveling this weekend for softball on Friday, so he's got the day off. So he's got to fit, you know, a whole work week into four days rather than five. So uh, adulting. I don't need excuses. I need (laughs) him to show up. Research. We need our research. Who's going to research? I guess it's me. I, I gave him a legitimate project, too. I wanted to know about the evolution of velocity on fastballs in Major League Baseball. I guess yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait another week. Gonna look that up anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. I'm gonna look I'm, it up while we were recording. <laughs> it, it would take him some time to go through that. Um, but uh, hope you enjoyed your week off. I know you guys were uh, out of town for a little while. How, how long were you guys out of town for? Um, we were out for four days. We went to Door County, um, which is a um, an old family favorite for my mom's side of the family. We've done big family vacations with her um, whole side, anyone who can make it, um, since 2004. Um, It was originally for my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary at the time, so obviously we've gone quite a few more anniversaries since then. Um, And it was our first family trip with both of my children, Um, and I can't recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) I can recommend Door County. I cannot recommend traveling with small children. We're not there yet, huh? (laughs) I mean, Door County is not the most toddler-friendly place, is it? I've only been once. Yeah, so it's it's a lovely place. We love it. It's great. We stayed in Egg Harbor um, right there in town, which was great. Um, but it turns out that our poor, our poor little COVID baby, um, Adam, who was eight months old when we did lockdown, um, just is super overwhelmed by uh, lots of people who he doesn't know. Um, and particularly, it seems, by my mother's family, which is large and can be overwhelming anyway. So um, he did not do so well. And uh, when you have one, at least one who's not doing so well, another one who just refuses to listen as you can hear he's here with me now yeah not listening um (laughs) it can be a little bit challenging so we uh we had a good time but it was not what it what it used to be and everyone who has kids is like duh and uh i was the last one to catch on so (laughs) yeah how could how could you expect like the perfect vacation when they're not even four and two yet Yeah, I don't know. I guess I thought um, maybe that it wouldn't be like quite as relaxing as it normally is, um, but that we would all sort of have a really nice time. And it's just it was a shame that um, poor Adam just didn't feel super comfortable. And that's okay. He'll he'll get there. He'll learn to love Door County just like I do. Give it a few years. Um, Neither of them have flown yet, right? Correct. Yeah, we're not that crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, we, you, we, uh, you don't want to be that that person on the plane with the screaming child and getting no, all the Kevin dirty looks. W- yeah, Kevin recently went to Phoenix for a work trip um, and he had a pretty rough flight back. It was um, delayed for about two hours oh, for wow. weather up here. Um, and then he uh, unfortunately had an infant behind him kicking oh, his seat oh, and no. being pretty loud. And like, that's. The, 
the most of the trip. It's probably so. a three, three and a half hour flight too from Phoenix, right? Yeah, it was uh, it was not great. Yeah. Um, and and luckily Kevin is maybe more understanding than some. Yeah, yeah, I can see where that would be uh, annoying, to say the least. Um, when you're just trying to, you know. Uh, enjoy the flight. I know they always say like, enjoy the flight. I don't know if you're a nervous flyer or not, but, um, it's, it's hard to enjoy your experience when you've got that annoyance behind you. Um, so yesterday, speaking of Kevin father's day, uh, what did you guys do for, for father's day? We went to breakfast with, uh, grandpa Bob and grandma Becky and Uncle Brian, so Kevin's family, who we had not seen, and something Adam was not a huge fan of, so he and I hung out in the Taco Bell parking lot oh, for a little okay. while, and All I have right. a great story. This is why I'm bringing it up, because um, as we were there at, gosh, 9.30 in the morning, um, some guy drove by to the, um, to the drive-thru, <laughs> spoke to a window where nobody was, oh boy. and said... And this is at nine thirty hey. in the morning. Nine thirty in the morning. Hey, hey, are you guys open? You guys, ah, oh, crap, you're not open. <laughs> and then drove off, and I was like, "How hungover is that guy?" Wait, does Taco Bell do breakfast? Didn't I they at some they point? Did I thought they did, but this one was very clearly closed. There yeah. was not a single car in the parking lot. The lights were all off. Very clearly closed, and this poor guy was just looking for a breakfast burrito. <laughs> um, and you know. My only concern, obviously, was keeping Adam out of his path, but I laughed so hard. I was like, this poor schmuck. <laughs> I mean, uh, Taco Bell would be among my last choices for breakfast. Doesn't matter how hungover I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm choosing McDonald's. I, I don't all the major chains now do breakfast of some sort? It's been a while I- since I've had like fast food breakfast. I'm not certain, but I will say that my hangover food when I was at the track was always the breakfast burrito at McDonald's. Yeah, been there. Um, No hot sauce because I'm not a hot sauce person, but I would get two of those. And then if it was a really bad day, it might be a three day or three (laughs) three burrito day. Um, They're little, so I felt okay. Right, yeah. Um, But I found out at some point that the best way to be late is to make sure that you're basically like greasing your boss. So I was always running late if I was hungover. So I would go through the McDonald's drive through and I'd get some for me, but then I'd also get some for my boss. <laughs> it would all be better. Yeah. yeah and then Taylor sense. did the same thing when I was her boss. And I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> you learned I'm well. I'm glad I passed this to you. It was Starbucks for her, which was yep, great. Yep, yep. Um, But yeah, I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about Arlington Park and the future of the site a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, you know, for, for us, for Father's Day, um, we did uh, we did golf. Um, uh, Owen, my mom and my dad went to breakfast in the morning um, and then we did golf a little bit later on. So, um, you know, always, always good to you spend some quality family time together. And we didn't get rained on uh, hardly at all, despite the what the forecast was for yesterday. Um, although we'll also talk about what happened at night uh, um, a little bit later on as well. My um, God. And we'll have uh, a discussion on golf etiquette. I know Owen was kind of fired up about, about this topic, so maybe we can revisit this, but I do have to tell the story of what happened yesterday. Um, so my, my, my dad's birthday and Father's Day are always pretty close together, if not on the same weekend sometime. Well, no, because Father's Day is usually the third Sunday, right? in uh in yeah, june so they're, yeah they're usually about a week apart so 
um, you know, always got to make sure that we do something a little bit different for birthday and Father's Day. So uh, happy Father's Day to uh, belated Father's Day to all the great dads out there. Um, so, yeah. So let's only talk the great ones, though. Only the great ones. Right. Yes. Yeah, of course. Crappy ones. No. <laughs> um, so let's see. Yesterday was Father's Day, which always coincides with the U.S. Open in, in golf. And um, uh, I, I know over the weekend for me. Uh, we were at a softball tournament all day Saturday. It always seems to happen. I was talking with Owen about this. It always seems to happen that the majors uh, in golf coincide with our softball tournaments, and we're never in front of the TV to watch Saturday and Sunday competition. And, um, you know, Saturday was a, pretty much a wash for me as far as watching golf. Sunday, we were able to catch the last three holes that uh, that Louis Oosthuizen had played. Um, and this was – we got to the restaurant immediately after, I think – John Rahm made that big putt on 18 to take the lead um, and, of course, goes on to win uh, the U.S. Open. What a story that that is, though, Kels. I, I know we've we kind of mentioned it in passing, but just a couple weeks ago, he's taken off the course at the 18th green on Saturday with a six-shot lead heading into Sunday after testing positive for COVID-19. No idea if he was going to be able to play in the U.S. Open and here he comes out and, and wins the whole damn thing. So uh, just an incredible story, and you can't help but feel really good for the guy uh, dealing with that adversity and then coming back to win on what's, you know, annually the, the toughest tournament on the schedule. It looks pretty tough, too, for the leaderboard, um, and I know it, it was sort of anticlimactic right at, at the end, mm -hmm. um, but it was a really interesting leaderboard going up to that, and we watched quite a bit of it, which – Honestly, we haven't watched a ton of um, golf this year. And so we were, we definitely had it on most of the day, which is probably best because we were recovering from, from Door County anyway. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting. It looked like he has a, a newborn. Yeah. Or at least a very little one. And that was kind of cute. I was like, oh, first, first Father's Day, because I think it's his first. Um, and that was kind of sweet um, since it was, as you said, happening on Father's Day. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, other than that, I basically just watched and saw an, an almost hole in one and thought, my God, that's hard to do. Um, although Kevin's almost had one. Yeah, he sent me the picture of that. He sent me the picture. I mean, so I, he I, says, I saw the ball mark. He almost dunked it. I know. But like. <laughs> I know that Kevin's not really a Photoshop person, but like any idiot can do it now. <laughs> I hey, didn't see it live. So. I, I have a hole in one. Yes. And that was what he, he and I have been talking about it. And I said, Oh, I wish you would have gotten that. I could have had you on as a guest. And he goes, well, a near hole in one is nothing compared to Brady's actual hole in one. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about it. Uh, yeah. So we were, I forget what year it was, maybe 2011, maybe. Um, playing at Arlington Lakes, which is the, the local course that I quote unquote grew up on as a golfer. It's where we, you know, that's where I played my first 18 hole round and, uh, you know, sort of, I, I guess, learned how to play the game. I've never taken a lesson in my life, uh, but that's probably the course I've played the most. So uh, playing with Owen, mom and dad, um, and they have since flipped the nine. So on the old front nine, hole number two is a par three. I think it was uh, listed at 158 yards, uh, pin was front and, uh, hit a good shot and bounced a couple times and rolled right into the cup. It was, it was amazing. I mean, it, it, it was probably a 145 yard shot since the, the pin was front, but, um, yeah. uh, I mean, a lot of golfers go through their entire, I, I don't want to call it a career, but 
their entire um, you know, time playing golf without getting one, and I got one at age twenty, whatever. <laughs> uh, so nothing else. You, you nothing peaked else early can, there, Brady. I, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, all downhill <laughs> from there. Um, I still have the ball. I, I, I didn't want to take the risk of playing the ball the rest of the day, so that that ball went straight into the pocket and. And uh, it's still somewhere in my room. I forget exactly where it is, but I know I, I have it. And they uh, so Arlington Lakes. We uh, so that was the second hole. We still had 16 holes to play. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. And then we had to go report it to the clubhouse. And there legit has to be a witness. You can't just go and play by yourself and say, "Hey, I got a hole in one." Bullshit! Oh, you did. That right? would be sad. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's that's kind of sad. And I'm sure it's happened countless times. Right. I mean, on those par threes, uh-huh. all you got to do uh-huh. is get a, a couple of nice bounces and, and get it on the right line. And um, I'm, I'm sure it happens. It's basically pretty easy, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, all you got to do it. No, um, but it sounds yeah. very easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I should say all that has to happen is you get a couple of bounces and you get it on the right line and, and it rolls in. But, yeah, there's got to be a witness. Um, and it, it took them a few weeks, but they did send me a certificate for uh, for my hole in one there. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Do you have it framed along with the ball? No, I've been meaning. It's been like ten years, but um, uh, say I feel like I've been meaning to is yeah, no longer yeah. an excuse here. If if I asked my dad, he would absolutely come up with like a, a plaque that he could sort of glue the certificate <gasps> to. And, yes, and this is a totally a craft project for Ken. My idea was have a little stand just jutting out a little bit from the uh, the plaque and and put the ball on there and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel a DIY in Ken's future. Hey, he's retired. He's got time on his hands. Happy Father's Day to Ken, the pod dad. Yeah. Since I didn't really say it earlier. And <laughs> yes, I think that should be an activity for him to make you a placard and really do it upright. And then you can put it up in the uh, in the house and really be proud of it. Because as much as I mock, I know it is a big deal. I'll, I'll probably never um, get another one. But uh, yeah. Well, I told you, I mean, that's what I used to do at Great Shot, right? Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. that's what our job was, was to um, ensure hole, holes in one, I think technically hole in the ones? way to say it. Holes in one? No. Holes. Oh. Because if you write out hole you're in right. one, you've got dashes in between the words. So it's yeah. technically like no, one word, you're right? right? It's hole in ones. Oh, that sounds so weird to me. It does. Is it like attorney generals or attorneys general? Because attorneys general. Can we just call mind. them general attorneys? I, oh, hey, look at you. <laughs> I digress, and I think that perhaps we've maybe missed the point a little bit. Perhaps. So what I'm going to say is um, that was what I did at Great Golf or Great Shot Golf when I was there, and it was wonderful. And I am very proud of your hole-in-one and still skeptical about Kevin's. <laughs> Almost. Almost hole-in-one. And I- the Open was uh, exciting to watch for what we watched, and – that's all I have to say about that. In words of <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, well, it's, just it's bringing it all together at the end here. It's supposed to be the most ridiculous test because they make the rough super thick. The greens are supposed to be, you know, incredibly insanely fast. And um, it's it's said that they they being the USGA wants the winning score to be even par. Mm. And I think it was minus six was Rom's finishing score, which, really? you know, yeah. I mean, for for a major, that's not incredibly low, but it's also, you know, not incredibly um, high either. Um, you know, uh, Masters, PGA, Open Championships, a little bit different because it's such a different style of golf. But 
Um, I, I would say the average, and this is just me going off the top of my head, but I would say the average winning score to major golf tournament is like 12 under par, 13 under par, because over four days, if you, you know, shoot a couple under par each day, then it's, it's gonna, it's gonna add up quickly. Um, interesting, um, interesting leaderboard that finished up. I What's know, the benefit of having a low What's the benefit of having, like, why is USGA looking for that? I don't get it. Notoriety, I think. Um, some of the courses that are in this rotation, like Pebble oh. Beach, Bethpage Black, um, uh, Chambers Bay in Washington State is a course that was built specifically for hosting the U.S. Open. Uh, I think that was Spieth who won it maybe 2015, oh. if I remember correctly. Um, when I was in Hartford, okay. actually, at the radio station, um, there's a little town right next to Hartford called Aaron, and I believe it was 2017. Um, their golf course there called Aaron Hills hosted the U S open. Um, we knew that was going to happen back when okay. I was in Hartford. So that was, you know, five years ahead of time. Uh, I would have thought it'd been really cool to be a part of that, uh, coverage. Cause I'm sure we would have covered it, even though my boss up there hated sports with a passion. And, uh, that's, the number one reason we didn't get along. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got out of there as soon as I could. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I played golf yesterday and uh, mostly avoided the weather. Um, although later on at night, uh, Kelsey, I know up here in the northwest suburbs, uh, we just got some nasty thunderstorms and some much, much needed rain. But uh, uh, down south and west, they were not as lucky as a, uh, a pretty massive tornado uh, came through uh, Woodridge and I guess parts of Naperville and maybe Darien were hit uh, pretty hard. I'm sure you saw pictures throughout the day today. Yeah, it was interesting because anytime there's heavy rain around our place, um, we cringe just in case our basement gets hit because that's what being an adult has done to us. <laughs> right. Um, yes. And so I was sort of just like, oh, no, I really hope that this doesn't get bad because, of course, it was loud very um, loud like yeah there was a lot i mean it was a pretty intense storm considering um and then this morning i woke up to friend of the podcast uh sarah gosling's uh instagram story it was her hiding with the cat from the tornado and i'm I like saw what? That. yeah i saw that like, what? <laughs> what tornado um and then yeah I, I actually had spoken to some people we have some family in naperville um and so we had seen some of that and i was yeah surprised and had uh, a conversation today with somebody about how um, I like Illinois because of so few um, natural disasters that we have right, right. in our area, <laughs> which sounded extra stupid today. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about um, how places like Iowa and Kansas and other places do get much Oklahoma, more yeah. Yeah, tornadoes and, and they're in the alley and, and how we're really not, even though we had a rough night last night. So. Um, I was thrilled not to have to worry, but you grew up in a house with no basement. Yeah, that's right. And it's weird to me because we had one mm -hmm. um, and still have one today. And if I were hearing about a tornado, I would just go find my way down into the basement. Well, your house was a split level, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, is that was that technically a basement? Uh, it was, I guess, a sub basement or a sub level. Yeah. Cause we, we had like our downstairs, but then we did have a, a half of a basement. Oh, well. okay. And okay. there was a, a back door, um, that you could access from the outside, but it had been, it had been dug out. 
So mm-hmm. I think it technically qualifies as a basement for half the house. Gotcha. Um, yeah, we just never, um, have you ever been in my basement. My, I my mom and dad don't think so. Oh yeah. May, maybe one of those drunken bonfires we wandered in there, but that would be outside well, my kind memory. Of, kind of a mess, to be fair. So maybe <laughs> maybe not. Um, but yeah, is it weird for? Is it weird or totally normal for you to not hide in? I mean, a basement for a tornado. I mean, like you said, we've had so few events, um, weather events, I guess they're called. Um, so I remember distinctly once there might have been a tornado in the uh, general vicinity of Rolling Meadows. I might have been six. Um, and I remember just hanging out in the family room uh, away from the windows. Right. Um, as they teach us. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was nowhere else we could go. Um I guess you we could have crowded into the the inner bathroom um, that's actually yeah. no longer there in the house because the the remodel. But um, there is a crawl space, but three people aren't fitting in a crawl space. <laughs> <laughs> it's the closet, right? No, there, oh yes, a, yeah. The the, yeah, the crawl like space de- is in yeah. in that in that coat closet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we would have loved to have a basement growing up. We could have put so many things down there. Brady, Brady, if you had your dream house um, now as an adult oh boy. with a basement and you could put anything in it, what would you put in it? Um, bar. Um, oh, yes. And got to be. Uh, so we're talking like man cave stuff or. Yeah, like you literally have unlimited money and whatever you want to put in it what would you do with it i feel like we should bring sarah on just for this segment um well we're obviously going to have her design it yeah absolutely um so i would definitely have a bar area um and a kegerator and um big tv uh definitely a really nice recliner for me and then other seating areas for friends and family to come down and and enjoy bears cubs whatever we're watching on tv um some sort of game table um ping pong pool whatever um bumper pool bumper pool yeah we discovered that game is a ton of fun especially if you make up the rules uh because i i think we got it pretty close um there's a a house in uh new buffalo michigan right that's the name of the town new buffalo uh, that we rented uh, with some friends last October, and I believe the trip is happening again. Um, and same house, right? We're in the same house? Specifically because of bumper pool. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, we... we the, the selling point on it. We uh, <laughs> we went downstairs and we're exploring the house when we first got there and discovered bumper pool. And, you know, the, the normal pool table is the rectangle. Um, and I'd never really played bumper pool before. Um, and we didn't really care to be that rule specific when we when we did decide to play so we just kind of made up our <laughs> rules and and turns out that's pretty much what it was um, <laughs> so i think i was fairly drunk and also very bad and uh well and the Mitch table Carter was also on a slant so it was it was yeah, hard was to yeah special <laughs> you had to really take advantage <laughs> of that slant oh no you know what i wasn't i wasn't drunk i was hungover. i was really drunk the night before <laughs> now i remember as was i <laughs> Um, yes, I recall. We, we met in the yeah. bathroom in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, good times. Yeah. Um, so back to wherever we were before I took us on that tangent. <laughs> uh, I believe it was my dream basement, right? Yes. Um, 
yeah, I mean that's that's really about it. Um, maybe uh, maybe um, maybe a kitchen setup, a small kitchen setup, so I don't have to like if if for an NFL Sunday, right? Games on from noon until basically ten thirty. If I can just hang out in the basement all day, um, mm-hmm. you know what else I would include? Uh, a ventilation system so I could smoke cigars down there. <laughs> <laughs> is wrong with you <laughs> i am you my father's ridiculous. son <laughs> uh that yeah is crazy what I about like what about your dream basement it's probably pretty full of scrapbooking stuff it's a little more crafty oriented than um than sports oriented although i think being able to watch movies mm-hmm. um would be nice and i uh, applaud your comfort focus of sort of just like hanging out. I, I'll admit fully my in-laws have a great basement as far as I'm concerned. That's um, where that's where my childhood happened. <laughs> yes. Um, and not quite so much of my childhood, although um, in fact my teenager dumb and then lots of collegehood mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. happened there. But I, I feel like it was a pretty it's a pretty good basement, a lot, you know, big squishy, comfy couches big tv they do have a pool table um which we haven't done in a while but we did um use for a while and also played a lot of beer pong on oh yeah so i would say that they have a pretty fantastic basement um but it's clearly missing the big scrapbook table um <laughs> and all of those fun little nooks for scrapbooking and crafting and i would have like a badass crafting table yeah, we'll be that, posting that some stuff on social later. That, that Your tracks. dream basement versus my dream basement. I hope everyone right. else kind of weighs in on what their dream basement would look like. And I, I would also, you know, decorate with um, posters. Yeah, yeah, memorabilia, yeah. old posters, beer signs, whatever. It would be a pretty stereotypical man cave. It would have a, a shit ton of testosterone. Yes, is what your yes. Is what yours would have. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so what led us to that topic was the tornado that ripped through <laughs> the southwest suburbs last night. Um, Bringing it on back. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the good news is uh, there were no fatalities. So that's that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Um, some of those pictures, though, I mean, roofs of houses were literally ripped off. And it was wild. Yeah, uh, it, I'm guessing it was like a. a teenage girl's bedroom because there were pictures all over the place but i mean her bedroom was intact except for the roof was off the house just absolutely insane um yeah uh trees uh, cars flipped over uh some of the early estimated um reports i saw was that debris was flying forty thousand feet into the air because of this tornado that's higher than a commercial airliner flies i was gonna say that sounds very high but yeah. i don't have as much of frame of reference as i probably have well they but. always say like you fly it or you, you coast at thirty-five thousand feet right or something like that mm. um so that's true yeah so if debris getting tossed forty thousand feet into the air that's insane to think of the power of of mother nature um i was thinking because our our new office building is on the seventh floor um of uh, uh which is also the top floor of a building and it would have been pretty cool to have a view of those storms from the seventh floor last night uh obviously not if a tornado tornado was bearing down on us but uh you know uh a harmless little twister in you there Brady. right yeah <laughs> harmless thunderstorms i mean who doesn't love sitting on a porch and watching a good thunderstorm yeah well like i said i think um adulthood has 
ripped that pleasure from me. Yeah. Because all we do, like uh, last night, I, I do love a good thunderstorm. I enjoy watching them. And last night, all I was thinking was, God bless it. I hope that doesn't happen. And um, first thing this morning, that's that's where I was, is just to make sure that nothing was happening. So thanks, adulthood. Really appreciate that. Um, have, have there been any other crazy weather phenomenon that you've been in the middle of or witnessed firsthand? Yeah, I got to say the weather at Arlington Park is wild. It um, is. I will. Yeah, 100 yeah, percent agree with that. It almost feels like it's its, it's own little ecosystem. Um, and I think, you know, the wind tunnel yep. that it creates, right? Mm-hmm. Just the way yep. that comes through. So I am actually genuine when I say it kind of has its own little thing. Um, but we had one, one summer where we, we call evacuating as opposed to eat, you know, evacuating. Mm-hmm. Um, we invact, um, I want to say like a dozen or more times for severe weather. It was early on. I was, it was maybe one of my second or third year there. So like 2008 or nine, maybe. Um, and we just constantly were going inside and it was a really, it was basically a really stormy summer. Um, but you want to talk about watching something from windows. <laughs> Arlington is nothing but windows. Yeah. And so <laughs> <It's true. laughs> it was definitely an opportunity to see some weather um, from a lot of, I mean, it was really cool, but I remember um, just the first time I ever saw green sky, like oh, green yeah. sky yeah. was at Arlington. And I saw it just, it was like, like the heavens opened up mm-hmm. um, and that was a big deal for me. Um, and because we don't live in a place with a lot of natural disasters, I think that's probably the closest I've been. And, and I'm grateful for it. I think what we, everyone kind of, you know, when this kind of thing happens, your first thought is like, oh, thank goodness. And then your second thought is, holy crap, that was close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just, you know, kind of reminds you, how about you? Um, I, so it was nothing major, um, when it hit us, but my freshman year of college, which was 2005, um, that fall was when hurricane Katrina hit, uh, came up the Gulf coast, uh, and to new Orleans. And, um, I guess it must've been three days later or whatever it was. Um, Bloomington got absolutely pissed on with rain and it was hurricane Katrina. And I was like, it was kind of surreal that, you know, all this devastation that was caused in New Orleans. And, you know, I think in some ways they're probably still recovering from that 16 years later. Um, It was crazy to think that this storm that did all that to a major city has made its way up the middle of the country. And the rains we were getting were actually Hurricane Katrina, uh, Hurricane Katrina. So, you know, while it wasn't obviously a hurricane by the time it reached Bloomington, Indiana, um, crazy to think that that was the same storm. Yeah. I actually didn't realize that we were in college when that hit. I thought that was yeah. when we were in high school, but you're right. Um, yeah, that that I think was something that um, in my memory, I, I remember like September 11th, mm-hmm. you know, as a national tragedy um, and Hurricane Katrina was sort of a, almost like a follow up in, in some ways in my mind, although I didn't realize it was so much later. So to be fair, it was not as big in my mind yeah they were about Um, about four years apart yeah yeah but like an idea of like a national identity um and and things affecting things differently like you said you got rain in indiana 
um, versus it's not like you live in Louisiana. It's the weather system kind of traveled and just that national connection, I think was most clear to me in those two situations when I was younger than it was maybe in anything else. It kind of reminded me of uh, freshman year of high school homecoming. Do you, I don't know if you were in our group oh, or not. Do you remember this? Yeah, you got stuck in your house. Yeah. We called it, it was Drops of Jupiter was the theme, and we <laughs> yeah. called it the Floods of Jupiter. The Floods of Jupiter, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if just the way um, those intersections around my parents' house are Ooh, low yeah. points. Um, we were, uh, landlocked isn't the right word, um, floodlocked, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> we, we couldn't get to uh, where you guys were taking pictures, so there's no, like, pre-homecoming dance pictures of me uh no. i think i was able to meet you guys at the restaurant that we went to beforehand yes, but uh you were but that was it i mean that was you talk about a that. lot of rain uh that had to be like sewers backing up and and it must have yeah. rained all all day and there were cars stuck in those all those intersections remember there were like mm -hmm. five or six stranded yeah. cars in meadows that day that yeah. were just and once you do that to a car it's pretty much gone right right um, well, so, okay, one more thing before we hop off weather, because, yeah. of course, I don't know why we're talking about weather, except that it's topical. Um, my sister and brother-in-law lived in Westchester. Mm -hmm. um, and when I want to say Paulie was a, an infant, he's 12 now, um, they got uh, such horrible storms that people in their neighborhood were evacuated by boat. Oh, I remember hearing about this. Yep. And they waited like W-A-D-E-D, yeah, yeah. waded out in about waist-high water down their street. But there were neighbors of theirs who were evacuated out by boat. Wow. And I, I that to me is still absolutely wild. And they, Westchester is kind of on a floodplain. So it, in some ways, it kind of makes sense. Um, they lost pretty much everything in their basement, but their next-door neighbors um, had water t almost to their main level. Oh. in the basement so think about like uh is it home alone right where the water's coming up through the basement or he's um, walking up no it's, it's that's not what i was thinking not, of, it's though. not home alone but i can i can picture there's the, a movie yeah. right where the water's come oh it's titanic oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like i, I can oh, picture a water it's level titanic. rising <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so they had i thought that was really wild that in illinois we had enough rain where they were evacuated by or neighbors were evacuated by boat well, you know what they say about the weather in the Midwest. If you don't like it, just wait five minutes. It'll change. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's not That's a, a Father's joke. Day yeah. uh, nod right there. Yeah, we go from oppressive heat and humidity in the summer to negative 35 in the winter some years. Um, beautiful, though. Oh, my God. Um, so we've talked about Arlington Park. Uh, a couple times here already um, and it comes up quite often just because of our history with it and our proximity to it and um, obviously my dad's got his horses the stable is growing by the way I'll touch on that later um, but um, something happened while uh, we were on our week off uh, it was the I don't know if it was the only deadline but maybe maybe the first of a couple deadlines for uh, potential buyers of the property to submit bids to Churchill Downs uh, for mm -hmm. purchase of the property. And one of those uh, bidders, shall we say, is uh, a franchise that we're all very familiar with, and it's just the, the Chicago Bears uh, officially submitting a bid to buy the property. And, you know, obviously, even if Churchill Downs does select their, their bid, 
Um, lots of work needs to be done to finalize everything if they can even come to an agreement. Um, there's, uh, I don't even want to know the legal fees involved in the sale of a property like that. And especially with, uh, the bear with what the bears would need to do to break their lease. Um, but Kelsey, I got to say that if, uh, if it does not remain a horse racing facility, I would accept the Chicago bears moving to Arlington Heights. Oh my, of course you would (laughs) listen. There is nothing that will cluster up that area more than this state. Oh, God. It's it's already, like, uh, obviously they would work on it, but Arlington does not have the greatest exit routes. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine just the just the stuff that would come with it, right? So, like, I, I think the idea of it is always one we all find very alluring, right? Like, it's it's kind of cool, and I think in some ways we'd really embrace it. But speaking as somebody who, like, my parents live literally right across the street, they're pretty close to your parents, but they're even closer to Arlington mm-hmm. and to the would-be stadium. Um, I mean, it's just something that I can't – I really have trouble seeing neighborhoods accepting. They wouldn't be able um, to go anywhere on a Sunday. I mean, it would be absolute chaos as far as traffic and, and whatnot. And I, I just don't – I don't see a passing for that reason um, because I think there are so many things that would need to be approved for that zoning – um, although maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the zoning is already there because of what's already there. I, I'm not certain, but um, I I would not want it here, I guess, is my, my bottom line, <laughs> um, because I'm an adult who doesn't like rain because of flooding basements. Um, and I mean, this is who I am now. You're a party pooper um, is what you are. I am. That's why you invited me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and unfortunately, that that's kind of where I would stand. You've got to tell me do you think it would be worth all of that for the bears? Like, um, I think of course it would like, come on, Kelsey, this is, you know, like, or is it, so their, their headquarters, their, their, their facility, their practice facilities are in Lake forest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where most of the players live. Um, so I, I guess from a commuter standpoint uh, for, you know, somebody going to work, right. Um, that is their job. Um, maybe it's more convenient. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. what it could allow the bears to do, right. If they build a new stadium would be to host a super bowl. I mean, we, we, we think about eight bears Sundays during the fall, but as it stands right now, soldier field cannot host a super bowl. It's just too small. Um, they actually lost several thousand seats when they put in the renovation almost 20 years ago now uh, to make it the spaceship on the lake or whatever people's nickname yeah. for it is um, soldier field. Not great. As far as a game attending experience. I don't know if you've been to bears games or, or even I, concerts or anything one. at soldier. Um, never any concerts. And I've been to, to only one game um, and it was cold. Um, and we, you and I have talked a little bit about domes before yep. and climate control, et cetera. Um, and I am on the side of comfort. Um, so I would do that, um, which is probably blasphemy to many of our listeners. (laughs) Um, but it was, I could not feel my extremities. Couldn't even feel my butt or my stomach and those core parts that are supposed to stay warm. (laughs) Couldn't even feel those. It was freezing. Your core temperature probably dropped 10 degrees. Oh my God. It was cold. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just not, um, a good enough person to be you know wanting that (laughs) um but i will say i didn't notice it being a bad experience 
Um, but I'm not somebody who goes to watch football other than a high school game. Yeah. Like literally I've never seen college football. I'll watch it on TV. I enjoy it. But the only ref frame of reference I have period is watching at a high school stadium. Right. Where they don't take a commercial break for every little thing. <laughs> um, and the game is shorter. Right. Um, yeah. Going to going to, I've been to several bears games. Um, and why is it a bad stadium? It's, for for games a pain in the ass to get to um especially if you don't drive um so okay like, valid from here yes. um we would take the metra into ogilvy walk a block north to the green line take the green line around to i think it's roosevelt um slash museum campus and then walk mm -hmm. probably a good three quarters of a mile to the stadium um, you've never walked from ogilvy no that that would take two hours no, I've walked from Ogilvy. From Ogilvy? Yeah, I mean, I haven't actually been going to the stadium, but I've been going to field museums right there. Yeah. And Northerly Islands right there. And you walked from, oh, that's a long-ass walk. Well, I, I, maybe it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was a lot younger when it happened. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to think that's a two-mile walk. I was in a lot better shape. <laughs> <laughs> I got to think that's it. We can, we can Google map. Who the hell it. is Owen um, when we need him? Yeah. Right. I'm going to look it up. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> it's crappy to get to, which I agree Yeah. With. And, um, Arlington it, would be a lot better. Arlington would be a lot better. I'm sure they would modernize the, the property to allow more entrances and exits. And, uh, there would be a better tailgate situation. Good I'm sure. signage. Good. <laughs> Finally, some good signage. People don't read signs. You know that. Um, it's off. There would be good <laughs> signage. That's all I've ever wanted in that freaking building. Yeah. Um, no. So it, the seats aren't comfortable at all. Um, like they're like hard plastic, and yeah, I know if that's I like a felt little my thing, butt, but I probably would have been worried <laughs> about that. But you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Soldier Field is nothing special. Um, other than just, you know, kind of being the home of the bears since the mid seventies, I forget exactly which year it, it was, they moved over from Wrigley field. Um, and obviously it's, it's a historic place. It's been there for a hundred years. Um, so, but it's, it's time for the bears to move into a modern facility. So like I said, if it's not going to be a horse racing venue anymore, I am all for the bears moving to Arlington Heights. I think better a bear stadium or any other stadium for that matter than condos and retail. So, okay. I think I probably agree with you. I've, I think the most popular or the most interesting um, one that I've heard um, is sort of like a Ravinia esque. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard that out, where out there it, as yeah, well. And yeah. I know that noise would be a problem for those surrounding residents for sure. Um, I think there are things that could be done to make that possible. Um, or, or more palatable. Um, but I think that's a cool idea, but I, I thought maybe we could talk about the, the non, uh, bears proposal that's sort of sparking the interest, which is a horse racing proposal. Mm -hmm. So did you read the articles about, um, you know, the colonel's plans and I, I know we had read them previously. And yeah. So, bit. um, I had read the original one that came out, I don't know, maybe a month ago, uh, about the colonel, uh, who used to be an employee at Arlington Park. Uh, he was, was he the president of the president, racetrack? Yeah. yeah. Um, and this was back in the mid 2000s when they made the switch from uh, real dirt to poly track. He was a major player in that decision. Um, <laughs> ironic that that's 
part of the reason that uh, the track has taken a downward spiral. But um, anyways, Uh-oh. yeah, I digress. Um, so, but I guess Ann just told me today about uh, another article that came out about some more details of their bid and, and their plans. I haven't read it yet. So if you have it, maybe uh, enlighten us. Um, there's a an article from the patch up here. Basically, a lot of it is the same um, that they had had in the original article, but it was talking about this um, idea to preserve horse racing in some capacity, um, but also include construction of an arena to host a minor league hockey team. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. Uh, A low-density housing development with approximately 300 units, which is a lot smaller than I think if you were to, you know, buy the whole place up and make make housing out of all of it, um, and a 60-acre industrial space. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. And it also says the hockey arena would be an anchor tenant as part of a 60-acre four-season entertainment district. Hmm. So I think it does sort of have that. And the idea on this, I, I think, is just to really break it into a lot of different things. Sure. Um, as opposed to this idea of, that I think all of us had of like, it's going to be an arena, um, which it would be if the bears were coming or it's going to be housing and that's all it's going to be. And I know, like I said, when it first hit and there were questions about like, as a resident, what do you think you want it to be? A lot of people were saying like, I, I would like to see some kind of entertainment district with a Ravinia type and maybe some shopping and et cetera. I think this is the closest to it. Now, I don't know if all of the details of everything has been made very public. Um, I don't think it has. This is kind of the one that's been the most transparent, Um, but I'll be interested to see what the feedback is. And obviously it it really has to get passed by so many different, um, not committees, but like government entities as far as zoning and things like that, that I think, you know, Right. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Even even if the Bears bid is selected, I know they have the Soldier Field lease until 2033. And Lori Lightfoot was like, no, uh-uh, you ain't leaving. Um, and <laughs> she made a pretty sassy remark um, that the Bears should worry about being relevant past October before they start thinking about long-term plans. Damn, Lori. <laughs> I mean, she ain't wrong. Woo. No, she's not. No one's going to argue her. Right. But hey, um, girl, that's... Whew. So we're talking about, like, as as of now, 12 or 13 seasons left on their lease at Soldier Field, but, I mean, it's not like they're going to pick up and move tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they there's so much work that would have to be done before they even could start construction on a stadium, let alone finalize it and be ready for I mean we're talking six years down the road probably yeah that so, makes sense we'll I guess see. yeah we'll see there's a there's a lot left to come in this story my dad said something to me yesterday that he still thinks there's going to be racing there next year because okay Ken <laughs> I mean I hope so right um I don't think that's going to happen uh, personally I think regardless of whether or not the building has sold um, there's going to be no horse racing there. Yeah. All, I, I mean, think. it would all depend I think on Churchill's what... not going to bother. I think they're, um, sort of doing this as a, this is the final season. And I think staffing levels solely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you couldn't run another year. <laughs> well, <what> I think. <laughs> did Ann tell you what, uh, 
the last Friday we went in for uh, for one of the horses uh, that was running, and uh, both Frank and Taylor offered us jobs when they saw us immediately. Oh, I gotta <laughs> tell you, my my husband doesn't listen to this, so I'm at, at no jeopardy here. Um, but I have this really really weird urge to go and do the last fireworks show. Yeah, like work the July third show, and I'm like, oh, you mean oh. work? work are you insane yes this is why i said it's a weird urge like i don't know i feel like i have some unfinished business there and i need to go and just like be with that team one more time and have a radio on my hip and get zero sleep and be crabby as hell and i mean this is just like these are the things i miss now <laughs> if you can believe it you're insane so and we'll Anne is looking at you like you're insane well, Anne always looks at me like I'm insane. <laughs> and also, my husband will lose his absolute shit if I uh, try to convince him that it's a good idea. Yeah, no, it's a horrible so. idea. I think you guys are wrong. I think we should <laughs> all work, as a matter of fact. Nah. I, yeah. I'll, I'll go. And it's going to be one hell of a fireworks show. <laughs> Assuming it happens, by the way. Um, oh, do tell. Uh, well, you know, we're in this massive drought. Um even True. though you know we had all these rain rainstorms come through last night, um, some towns have already said that they're going to cancel the fireworks um, because that's obviously a, a fire risk. Um, yeah, you know. So I think they're they're blaming it on COVID, but I think the real reason is you know they don't want to um, you know create a fire hazard if uh, if this drought continues for another couple weeks, which. I mean, uh, looking at the forecast, I think maybe maybe this weekend it might rain a little bit, but um, it's been an incredibly dry late spring, early summer so far. So um, I, I mentioned earlier, Kels, that the, the stable is growing. Um, yes, do tell. <laughs> Who so, are we bringing home now? So um, just last week or maybe the week before, uh, the principal owner, owner uh, of the group uh, bought a horse at auction, um, and my dad's pretty sure he's going to get on get in on that one. Not sure yet. Uh, the horse's name is going to be Lucky Shot. He's a two-year-old in training. Um, and then uh, they claimed another horse out of uh, the eighth race on Friday, uh, okay. and that horse actually won the race. So obviously the horse is in, uh, is in good form. So um, <laughs> growing by two, and we're about to get Wild West back from injury. So it's going to be a fun summer at Arlington park for, uh, for the stiff family. Are they all running at Arlington or is anyone running anywhere else? They're all running at Arlington. Uh, wild West will be, um, I'm sure they'll, they'll take it very slow with him because he's the star of the group. Um, I don't know if you remember back in November, he ran on breeders cup Saturday, um, at Keeneland and the horse he lost to should have been in a breeders cup race, but he finished second in a stakes race on the undercard on Breeders' Cup Saturday. So that's really exciting. Um, they had him pointed to another stakes race. He got a little bit of an injury. He stumbled at the start of a race and, and has been on the shelf ever since. So uh, glad to hear he's back in training and uh, and we'll be ready to go soon. Yeah, that's great. I love to hear that there's some promise coming back on that one. But I, I just laugh every time I think about how um, your dad just loves to kind of really seemingly very randomly do certain things like <laughs> drive a cab yeah <laughs> um, before uber a yellow cab well it like, wasn't yellow but shut up it was, was the same thing he had a cab in the <laughs> he driveway did. he did um 
and and do those kinds of things i love that um he does stuff like that and we all think he's a little bit crazy and then a couple of years <laughs> later we're like damn man owns a stable um and it's just one of the joys of knowing ken stiff yep yep um, absolutely yeah so that just every time you guys talk about the stable it it makes me laugh. I think I'm I'm going on Thursday. I, I haven't been to the barn in a long time. Uh, I have PTO on Thursday and Friday uh, for a couple different reasons. But, uh, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go to the barn. And, and I think Is one of them to be a degenerate gambler. No, because there won't be any racing going on. True. <laughs> well, no, on Thursday there will. Oh, oh, you mean for the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, we're uh, we're traveling for softball this weekend. So, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, I did not have to go to jury duty today. Today was the day. Oh, hey, today was the day. Yeah. I, okay. I, I didn't know if I would be able to call on Friday or would have had to wait till last night. So I, I tried it on Friday. And yeah, the message was already up um, that's saying that uh, standby jurors did not have to report on Monday. So uh, hey, I went to work instead. <laughs> oh, that's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, some really good things, some really not so good things. Right, right. Although I now feel like such an a hole every time I kind of bash jury duty um since owen's very i thought fabulous um discussion of his experience right. um ever since you know i feel very petty when i say things like oh good you didn't have to go to jury duty <laughs> well i mean it, it is an interruption to the routine but uh i'm fully expecting another summons probably by the end of the year we'll see um and probably we'll have duty. to go to that one um but maybe not quite that enthusiastic <laughs> right um, so one other, uh, sports topic yeah. before I get to, uh, the golf etiquette portion of the discussion. Um, so actually just today is the, today being Monday, um, the first day that major league baseball is trying to ramp up enforcement of pitchers using sticky stuff. And you, you can see my air quotes, but our listeners can't, um, Whatever pitchers use on the baseball to uh, get a grip, uh, get a better grip and increase <laughs> their spin rate. Right. Major League so Baseball. Funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Major League Baseball has said, nope, that's enough. No more. Um, and pitchers don't like it. And some hitters will tell you that, hey, I'd rather the pitcher have a grip on the ball so that 98 miles per hour fastball doesn't come at my head. Um, mm. So I guess my question to you, Kels, is how do you feel about. Uh, a major sports league, um, not changing a rule, but deciding to enforce a rule that hasn't been enforced for decades upon decades, right? There's this sort of gentleman's agreement that the pitcher is going to be, you know, allowed to use something so long as it's not egregious uh, to make sure he's able to get a, get a grip on the ball. Um, I think it's kind of two separate questions for me. Like if you're asking, how do I feel in general about changing rules and um, enforcing rules that haven't been generally speaking, I'm fine with it. Um, I, I don't, I'm not a huge traditionalist when it comes to sports um, possibly because I don't know half of the rules. So if you're going to tell me that this is something that's been going on forever, I'll be like, okay, sure. <laughs> um, so I think everything kind of deserves to be done on its own merit um, I think when I think about rules in sports, um, because I'm an adult who doesn't like rain because of flooding basements, right. um, I think of safety first. So, um, I'm, I generally will fall on the side of safety. Um, and if it's something that's going to keep people safer, I, I like that. I don't like when people abuse that argument. 
Um, so I think there's something in that where I would get pretty annoyed if that were, yeah, yeah, it's for safety, but it's really not for safety. And like, that's such a bunch of crap. Right. Um, so I think it really does depend on each individual one. And, and for this particular one, like, I just don't know enough of the facts and enough of the, um, factors, I guess, to kind of weigh in on it. Um, but, but I'd be, I'm sure everyone would be interested to hear your opinion fully, <laughs> fully vetted out. And now that I've said, I know nothing. Well, and, and I, I too see both sides. Um, you know, as, as a hitter, you don't want, uh, a projectile coming at you from 60 feet, six inches away at, potentially triple digits um, as far as speed goes and to have that pitcher not be able to locate where he wants to that's scary because careers have ended be, by taking a fastball off the head um, and uh, you know have I, I know lives ever ended Owen where's Owen Owen where's Owen <laughs> crickets man um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask the reason one of the reasons that I'm asking is because I know of two movies where characters die getting hit in the head with baseballs and they're hit balls instead of pitched balls but I'm I'm curious so we'll have Owen look that up next week well I mean it, the the story behind um the uh James Earl Jones character in the Sandlot Right. I know we're talking about yeah. a fictitious. He went he went blind. Right. Hit by a pitch. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. That's right. And that would have been the 1920s, 1930s before batting helmets and before pitches were throwing 95 plus. Mm -hmm. um, so but I mean, it's a, I, I could see that happening in today's game. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if they, if that uh, there, there was a, a Cubs prospect, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years ago, I believe his name was Adam Greenberg. Um, okay. and he's, uh, he was one of their top prospects, um, came up to the majors, his first game, uh, got hit in the head with a fastball and mm. was never the same. And is, uh, was shortly thereafter out of baseball. Mm. So careers have been affected. I don't know if lives have been ended. Uh, that would be something for Owen to look up, but uh, from a hitter's perspective, yeah. Um, I, I want the pitcher to be able to locate his fastball, um, from a pitcher's perspective, now that we're so focused on spin rate and what it does to a pitch, right? If, if, uh, if, if I'm getting 200 more revolutions per minute on my four seam fastball, that's going to create less drop due to gravity. And it gives the impression that the pitch actually rises, even though it's really just defying gravity, uh, for a little bit longer. Um, so in that sense, the pitchers have had this advantage over hitters now because they're able to, uh, add spin rate with more grip. Um, and that's one of the reasons why baseball is so difficult to watch now because pitchers have mm -hmm. such that advantage over the hitters with their ridiculous stuff, whether it be breaking balls or fastballs. Um, this is one of the things that baseball is trying to do to generate some more offense into the game. And uh, three weeks ago, maybe when Major League Baseball said, hey, we're going to start cracking down on this. Uh, we instantly saw spin rates drop across the league. Hmm. And I would imagine, especially after today, this being the first day of them really enforcing this rule. I mean, the first inning, the pitcher comes off the mound and two umpires come over and, and check his glove, check his hat, check his belt, you know, common places where they would hide their substances, whether Ooh. it's sunscreen or the, <laughs> the word spider tack has been used 
way too often in the last couple what weeks. What is that? What is I, that? It's some super sticky substance that they actually they actually cut it with water or whatever they do to make it less sticky than it than it actually is. Is it like Hanan in Little yeah, Giants? Yeah, Hot Hands Hanan. Yeah, maybe. Hot maybe. Hands Hanan, and he's like stuck to his chest because he right. he does the clapping. Because he, yeah. he can't catch. Hot um, Hands Hanan. <laughs> I need to watch that movie. It's been so long. So we need to do a viewing. Yes, correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I like I said, I see both sides of it. The pitchers are trying to get an edge. It's one of those like. Okay, yeah, I might be following the rules, but everybody else is doing it, and I need to compete uh, so I can get a contract. So um, there's there's arguments from all sides, and ultimately what needs to happen is baseball needs to become a more exciting game to watch, and it's just not right now. Um, And and that's been the problem facing baseball for several years now. Um, Yeah, it's not new. It's not new. Um, Theo Epstein was hired to the commissioner's office after leaving the Cubs job. And I guess his directive is make baseball fun again. Huh. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. No pressure at all. (laughs) Theo Epstein is a sport we've all agreed sucks. More fun again. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Theo Epstein is that guy, though, who like, People want him to go run the Bears. They want him to go run the Bulls. They want him to be president of the United States just because he can. He's the, he's that okay. guy. He ended two decades-long curses in baseball between the Red Sox and the Cubs. So he, he's he's that guy. He is the chosen one, I guess you could say. Okay. I'll believe you. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, it'll take a couple of years to sort out probably, but um, interested to see what else they might come up with to try to make the game a little bit more action-packed. It's nice to see the thought process a little bit, right? Like what goes into it. And it's nice to see that they're, um, you know, not oblivious. And of course they're selling a product. Like I'm not, right. you know, I'm not right. an idiot, but, um, but it is kind of nice to see some of the inner workings and how that uh, comes to fruition. And I, I think from a work perspective, like when I was working at the racetrack, I remember watching a lot of debates of, okay, well, let's try this and let's try that. And, um, it's very similar with, you know, any major sport or um, maybe not so major sport if you're talking about the track. Um, but it is kind of cool to see the thought process behind all of those things. And I think a lot of work goes into that. Again, I know they're selling a product, but I find it very interesting to be able to watch those changes and to weigh in on them uh, as we are now mm-hmm. um, and just sort of being able to to do that, I think is a bit of a privilege, um, to watch the game evolve. So when you asked earlier about, you know, how I feel about these changes, I will say I do enjoy the aspect of just sort of tuning in and seeing how everything is going. I don't think everyone gets that privilege, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So last thing I want to talk about here, um, it actually kind of worked out that, uh, that Owen wasn't able to make it tonight. Um, because <laughs> yeah, because we don't like that guy anyway. <laughs> well, no, next next week is going to be his like thirtieth birthday guest spot. We can get to know Owen a little bit better uh, than we have in the past. Because even though we we know his jury duty story, uh, you know we we haven't spent a ton of time really getting to know Owen. So uh, for our listeners, I think that'll be a treat. Uh, we can hear. I think we've spent too much time getting to know Owen. <laughs> you said you it, certainly not have. Me. <laughs> Yeah, I've been living with him for 34 years. I mean, come on. Seriously. <laughs> Good God, you're old. 30, 30. I guess we'll call it 30 years because right, yeah. I was I was by myself for, for four years there. 
Um, <laughs> the golden years, we like the to go- call. The golden years, right, <laughs> where I had all the attention because I was young and adorable. Um, so yesterday, playing golf with the fam for Father's Day, and um, so we went out uh, mid-afternoon was our tea time, and um, it was a local course, but I don't want to say which one because it really doesn't matter. Uh, this particular course, um, there was no starter on the golf course who, um, you know, is the person who stands at the first tee and says, okay, you can go now. Okay. You can go now. Thank you for explaining that because people (laughs) say things a lot and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. That's starter. Yeah. Yeah. I tell (laughs) you. So it was just kind of like our our tee time was two o'clock. We, we all got there about 45 minutes before our tee time and we're, um, you know, we're hitting some chips and some putts and, uh, warming up or whatever. And taking it seriously. Yeah. I mean, you can't just walk up to the first tee and swing away. Um, mm-hmm. and we, we were looking around, we saw there was no starter and we knew there was rain coming. So we're like, oh, if we can go off early, you know, that's, that's okay with us. So, uh, we finally got to go ahead. And I think because there was no starter, um, the two groups in front of us, which looked to be a couple father-son groups, um, just twosomes, went off by themselves. Um, and the, t- the uh, group two in front of us wasn't all that bad, but the group directly in front of us was awful. And really? when the group in front of you is awful, it makes for a really long round. Um, luckily for us, uh, I think it might have been like hole six, uh, they came back towards us on the golf court, uh, golf cart, and the one guy was like, hey, have you guys seen a phone anywhere? And we're like, oh, oh no. no, like felt really no, bad no. for him. But uh, but yeah, uh, they left and we didn't see them again until like hole 17. I was like, where the hell did you guys come from? Um, <laughs> so we didn't have to be behind them. But um, this particular course is very congested, especially on the front nine. Um, and the way the tee boxes are set up, um, you can't always see the next tee box from where you're teeing off from. So Got it. we were standing on hole four waiting to tee off. Um, and from behind us comes an errant tee shot and smokes my mom in the back of the leg on a fly. No. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. it, it, it got her good. Um, I, Oh, poor Karen. Yeah. I I think I remember hearing like the ball come through a tree and hit a leaf before it hit her. Oh, good Lord. Um, and and she's fine. She walked it off and, uh, maybe a couple tears, (laughs) but you know, she's uh, a champ. Yeah. Uh, did she have any choice words? I did. Um, but did she? No, she was more just in shock of being hit by an errant tee shot. I mean, think about it you're in all that open space what are the chances that you get hit by somebody's errant tee shot Um, remember when i broke my nose in high school (laughs) playing softball that's a much bigger ball though that's a much bigger ball i guess but he hit it right at me what are the odds well you're supposed to be looking (laughs) nobody likes you (laughs) nobody likes me nobody continue go ahead So I, I turned around and I said, not quietly, but I didn't scream it. Who the fuck hit that? And I, I was like looking back and uh, I realized it was probably uh, from the ladies tee on the hole behind oh, us. But two you groups behind us. You got to yell four. And that brings up my oh. subject about golf etiquette. 
Um, the way that course is laid out, I felt like I was hearing four left, four right. I must have heard seven balls hit trees somewhere around us within a good two-minute span. I mean, it was just... I don't know if it's because it was like almost twilight golf on a Sunday afternoon or if it was a holiday, but it was hacker central out there yesterday. And, and I'm not a good golfer, but I'm better than that. I'd like to think. Um, yeah, it was a little bit rough. It, it, it I'm not going to lie. It shook us for a whole hole and a half. Um, but, uh, we made it through oh, your yeah. poor mother. Yeah. So, so was your entire I, I really thought there was gonna be a strong debate here when you said you wanted to talk about golf etiquette, but there really isn't any debate. There's, it's really just like don't be a D bag. Yeah. Make sure that you <laughs> make sure you yell for. It's it's a pre established we don't need to talk about it. It's there. Right. Why are we not doing it? Right. More than uh okay. Keep I thought keep that this was gonna be like a heated debate. No, I, I I know Owen would have uh you know, brought up some points if he were here and, and we can revisit it if we so choose. <laughs> but as, as good of a, a co-host in that way as Owen is, because I'm like, yeah, yell four. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I, I was I was about to tee off on 18. I was literally addressing the ball and Owen goes, Brady, back off. And so I, I backed off and uh, sure enough, um, right in the middle of our fairway or from the from the left side, onto our fairway comes a golf cart. Somebody had hit their ball onto our fairway and decided oh. that they were going to go play it now instead of, you know, waiting uh, to see if there was somebody on the tee and, and ready to hit. You were just pretty pissed in general for this <laughs> I game, mean, weren't you? I was, I was literally about to swing the club, and Owen goes back off. <laughs> well, douchebaggery going on there, huh? <laughs> yeah. I so, get it. Yeah, I mean, it, look, if, if you're a golfer, you know what I'm talking about. There's a... There's, uh, there's an etiquette protocol to follow, right? Keep pace with the group in front of you. Don't, you know, if you are playing slow, you know, play ready golf, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, yeah, if, if you're, if you do happen to hit your ball onto another fairway, totally fine. Everybody does it just before you go get it or before you go play it, make sure you give right of way to the people who are actually on that hole, especially, especially if they're about to swing the golf club. <laughs> that feels like a real obvious one. Yeah. Like I think even I would get that. Yeah. Yeah. Just and be, I don't just be aware golf. of your surroundings and also yell for if you have no idea where your ball's going. We went uh, to Door County and I've told you before that Kevin and I have had, you know, only about two incidents of golf together mm -hmm. during our long relationship. Um, and they were both at the Alpine golf Alpine, I think golf club up there and we drove by it and I was telling my dad go oh, this is where Kevin and I have golfed it's it's the only place we've ever golfed and he's like oh well yeah that says something <laughs> <laughs> I was like yes dad it says I'm a bad golfer but thanks so much <laughs> goes, I uh, it's not a very good course I'm like well Kevin wouldn't want to waste his money on <laughs> I, I said I, I'd been to Door County once and I believe uh, I played golf on that trip. We did go with the Lachlans and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think That's we, right. either, we either ran into a couple of kids from the Meadows area or it was prearranged. I don't remember. Um, I, but I, you know what, now that I think about it, I think it was prearranged. Kevin might remember. Um, I think it was like Andy Lang, Tim Grine and their dads. And then us, I, I think I, I could be, I could be wrong that it was prearranged, but um, Interesting. I have that memory of, of Door County Golf. That's kind of fun. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, Kelsey, that, that's all we got. Um, obviously, without Owen's segment um, and then no guest. I do want to uh, arrange a baseball guest as we get closer to the All-Star break and you know, sort of uh, give a first-half recap of both sides of town as the White Sox continue to play well and the Cubs are hanging on by a thread to first place. They are currently losing if it's not completely over. I'm taking a look behind me to check the score. Uh, last I saw it was four nothing. So Cubs in a bit of a rough spot. Uh, White Sox playing well, uh, and uh, both both teams going to get some some guys back from injury here real soon. So hopefully uh, hopefully it's going to be another banger of a second half, and and we'll check in with somebody um, about both sides of town of baseball, and then um, yeah, anything else that comes up over the next couple weeks here. Not much on the sports calendar, honestly. Um, Wimbledon. I don't know if you have any tennis interest at all. Um, no, but, but I really liked the movie Wimbledon. There's a movie called Wimbledon. Was that what it was called? Yeah, and, it was, and it was says, Paul, mm-hmm. Paul Bellin, Bellamy. Oh. Bellamy? Bettany. Paul Bettany and Kirsten Dunst. It's oh. an older film. Okay. But it's it's pretty fabulous and funny and British, and we should probably watch it. Uh, I won't watch, like, I won't just sit down and watch, like, early round matches of Wimbledon, but when it gets down to the final, especially if there's, you know, big-time players... I'm in on it. What are you laughing okay, at? Okay, I'm sorry. I I just Googled Paul Bettany to, like, confirm the year of the movie. Yeah. And he made news recently as um, his children apparently drew a penis on his back in sunscreen. <laughs> and so there are photos of him on this family vacation with a very tan back except for <laughs> the massive erection that his kids apparently put on. <laughs> How older so we're going to share that on social just because how hilarious is that? Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry that I, uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't help myself there. <clears throat> it's okay. too funny. All right. Uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> on that note, um, we will talk next week. We'll get to know Owen a lot better as he celebrates birthday number 30 coming up on Saturday. We'll try not to get him arrested in, in Springfield this weekend, but uh, no promises. Uh, until then, I'm Brady. And I'm Kelsey. And we'll be back.